Welcome to A Gambler's Fantasy. I'm here with Jeremy Savathney. I'm your host, along with Jeremy, Dylan Tawi. This is a podcast for you folks interested in your gambling addiction like ourselves, and also you fantasy football lovers. Jeremy, what do we got today, my man? Yeah, so... um. Like Dylan said, I'm the other co-host, Jeremy. Um, we're going to go over some fantasy information, you know, just recap some of the plays from last week, um, and then we'll move on to what we think about certain players, you know, maybe buy, sell, hold, sit or start, things of that nature. And then we're going to get into a little bit of the lines looking forward here. Only the standard spreads and money lines are out right now. So hopefully later in the week, we're going to drop another podcast, probably a little shorter, just focus strictly on some lines we think we can expose. But yeah, Dylan, let's uh, let's get right into it here with the week five recap. Um, we'll start by talking about some notable games and some notable fantasy players. Is there any uh, notable games that you want to start with? I mean, for me, there was a few. I mean, I'm... Hoping I'm not the only one that got fucked by Lions money line and was a psychopath to take that line anyway to begin with. Um, it was at plus three seventy five when I got in. Uh, just you know, a simple one unit guy, just to kind of see what the fucking line was doing, and uh, you know, to have that outcome was a bit heartbreaking. Um, that was a big week one loss for me. Um, in terms of, you know, other games throughout the week, uh, I was excited with last night's contest. Um, I thought Lamar was unbelievable, uh, four touchdowns. I mean, this guy is really the real deal. He was the real deal in that TikTok or that vine back in the day. And he's proven he's even better now, if anything, obviously. Yeah. Um, in terms of games, I mean, you tell me, Jeremy, what do you think coming into yeah. week one, what do we have? Yeah, we'll just touch it on that uh, that Ravens Colts game. Um, I feel your Lions pain there. I had Colts money line, um, <laughs> but yeah, Lamar first half he was struggling, um, and then all of a sudden Mark Andrews turned into Travis Kelsey, um, and they started dominating. That looked good for them moving forward. I thought they've looked suspect this year, you know, just beating the Lions on that field goal, and now they won on a last last-ditch effort here this week. But, I mean, they do have the pieces to put it together. Um, some other notable games throughout the week. Uh, obviously, the Thursday game, uh, the Rams-Seahawks. Seahawks jumped out to an early lead there, but then the second half was all Rams once uh, once Russ went down with that unfortunate tendon injury. Um, yeah, that was absurd to see. First, what is it, first absence coming up this week now? Yep, uh, Geno Smith will be in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the Bills Chiefs, the other primetime game, all three primetime games this week were good. Uh, Bills Chiefs. Bills look like the real deal. Chiefs, they're looking suspect. Um, Patty Mahomes isn't necessarily looking like Patty Mahomes. He's still making the flashy plays, making some good throws, you know, still doing his thing. But he's had a lot of turnovers. Six picks already this season. He had six all of last season. So uh, that's a – a big number for him um i want to know how you feel about the cardinals tau um i wasn't huge on them going into the year but i mean they keep grinding out these games they won out a low scoring grinder against the niners i mean they got they seem to get it going yeah if we're gonna be honest i mean kyler's got to be the best thing since fucking sliced bread this guy does it all in terms of the offense uh it's obvious he's controlling pretty much the whole game tempo um in terms of even the opponent's other side of you know their offense got going um, I mean, his, his time of possession is up this year. 
in terms of what he's doing on offense and the ability, he's starting to get a backfield now with Edmonds and Connor. So that's just looking even more don, uh, you know, dominant throughout the year. I mean, I, I, I'm sold on the Cardinals. I'm going to be honest with you, Jerm. I think they're a fantastic football team. I think they're led by a great head coach um, in Cliff Clinsbury. Uh, I really think that this team is uh, this team's got the potential for a 2021 Super Bowl. Um, it could come their way. Their defense, you know, is is okay. It's not great, but it's not bad by any means. I mean, they're right in the middle of the pack, and with D Hop on your outside, with Kirk Green. Rondell Moore, I mean, they just got weapons on weapons, man. So, I, for me, the Cardinals are the real deal uh, going forward. For me, also, what do you think about the Minnesota Vikings? I, I personally, not sold. a huge fan. Um, they've been they've been up and down. They, they seem to be like they are every year. They come out and they'll win some games by a few points. They'll lose some games. They shouldn't be losing like the Lions, There's no reason it should be a two point game with the lions. I mean, yeah, they don't have Dalvin cook, but Alexander Madison looks just like Dalvin cook every time he plays. So for me, they're, they're a mid of the pack team. I will. Why? What were you thinking? No, I'm in that same boat, but I just took a look at their Cardinals Vikings game. I forgot how close that was. And they, you know, they had just shaky losses. They beat a, a Seahawks team that wasn't, you know, wasn't great, but wasn't bad by any means. I mean, they pretty pretty close game against the Browns. I think I'm in the same boat as you in terms of them being in the middle of the pack, but I think I could see them being a little sneaky team come late. I really do. I saw Justin Jefferson this past Sunday and he looked fantastic. It looked like, you know, the early 2000s with Randy Moss at 84 on his back. It was uh, it was something to watch. Yeah, no, he looked real good. Um, I'm just gonna go through some uh, just some other recap here, some games real quick. So we had the we had the London game. Of course, we sent the two of the worst teams in the NFL over there. Falcons won by seven. That kind of went how <laughs> I expected it to go. I don't know what you expected from that game, but I thought the Falcons were gonna take that pretty easily. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they just have too many weapons on offense. Even with the guys hurt and Ridley and Gage, I mean, talking about breakout players in a little bit here, you know, we the one on the Falcons might be the top one. I agree. Um, and then some other games, Patriots, Texans. Patriots had a nice second half comeback. Davis Mills is still bad. That shouldn't have been that close. Um, we had, <laughs> yeah, we had the Eagles at the Panthers. Big Panthers guy here. Um, yeah, but- you are. But, you know, Sammy Darnold, with our offensive line, the way it's been looking, he's going to look a lot more like Jets Sam Darnold, I think, here moving forward if we can't get him some protection. Uh, We had the Saints beat the football team. The football team's defense has looked really bad this year. That's kind of been their staple the last two years was their defense. And it's been looking suspect this year. It's making me kind of nervous. How do you feel about the football team? I'm in the same boat with the football team. I think their offense is finally starting to get a little bit of a rhythm here with Gibson finally starting to produce more so out of the backfield. They had a little weapon in J.D. McKinsey in terms of passing game for that running uh, attack that they have over there with those that duo. Um, for offense, I mean, Scary Terry's. I love him. I think that guy is a fantastic receiver in this league in terms of where I rank him. I'd even put him top 10 right now. Um, in terms of just pro, you know, production and just target value, he's he's the real deal there. Um, 
So for me, the football team, like you said, it really comes down to that defense, which has been their, you know, their vocal point of, you know, their their whole uh, identity for the past couple of years. And they're just not looking there. Um, they're just not looking like the same team in terms of what they're doing defensively. Uh, I mean, Chase Young, you know, he's as good as it gets. But after that, I mean, what, let's see, giving up 30 to the Falcons, 30 to the G-Men. 43 to a good, I mean, the number one team, I think, in the Buffalo Bills. And then 22, or 33, rather, to the uh, Saints here last this past Sunday. So, I mean, they're looking shaky on defense, giving up averaging, you know, over 30 points a game. I mean, you can't win many football games when you're giving up 30 a game. Yeah, so. I agree. I've been looking. I was doing a lot of reading on their defense. Uh, they got a, away from their blitz uh, packages this year a lot, which I think if they can get back to those, they'll have a better chance to compete moving forward because they have such a good, you know, front seven with, with yeah. players like Chase Young. So if they can get back to that, they should be good. Um, but That's moving hard. on to the Titans-Jags, Titans, good bounce back game. They lost to the Jets. I mean, they beat the Jags by 18. The Jags offense hasn't looked horrible the last two weeks. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that a little more when we discuss the uh, Jags and the Dolphins, but I'm just going to keep rolling through week five here so we can move on a little bit. Uh, we got the Bucks. They took care of the Dolphins by 28 points. That one is expected. Tom Brady, it was dry out. He threw five touchdowns. He's back in the MVP conversation. <laughs> Packers, um, Packers snuck by the Bengals, three points. Um Shout out Bengals spread takers if they took that three and a half. You got lucky there. But Aaron Rodgers looked good. Bang or the Packers defense continues to look bad. Uh Steelers, Broncos, that was a nail biter. You can talk about that one since I know you're a Broncos fan, and I'm sure it hurt to see them almost come away with it and not completely finish the job. Yeah, it definitely hurts to uh lose to a fraudulent Steelers team at the moment. Um, especially with the absence of, you know, Juju. I mean, they got Johnson back. To help out that core over there, that wide receiver core. But as a Broncos fan, I mean, shout out to my boy Dean Alexander. Uh, it was a heartbreaking loss, man. Uh, the Broncos, look, I, you know, we look good throughout this whole year, in my opinion. Um, trying to find our identity on offense with so many pieces missing. Uh, so with that being said, I mean, I, I was disappointed, but I wasn't completely upset. I mean, you know, it was just a one-score game. You know, we were just a few plays away from making that that game much closer than what it looks on the uh, scoreboard. And, uh, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. Bron- Broncos next week, we, uh, we'll come back. And uh, Teddy Two Gloves look great. Yeah, I agree. It was nice to see them. You know, they were down a bunch and to make that push towards the end there to come back. That was nice to see especially moving forward because Teddy Tugos has never been much of a come from behind guys, kind of a game manager, you know, get out in front and hold the lead. But to see them try and make that push at the end was nice. Exactly. Um, but then, but then uh, we also had starting, I think four o'clock windows when the Raiders and bears played, they might've been the one o'clock. I can't remember, but we had uh, the bears beating the Raiders. Um, the Raiders very dysfunctional on offense. I mean, they only give up 20 points. Their defense has been good all year. Their offense didn't look good. Um, but we'll take a moment here to talk about John Gruden. Now that he's gone, I mean, <laughs> I never, I never was a huge fan of him as a coach, um, regardless, regardless of his issues and the things he says, which are obviously frowned upon not only in the NFL but just the world in general. I never thought he was a great coach, but the uh, the Bears did enough to come away with a win. Um, they're three and two. That's a suspect three and two, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't, I don't see them getting more than seven wins this year. And yeah, then, I agree. I agree yeah. there. Yeah, we had the Chargers-Browns. That was quite honestly the game of the week. 
without a yeah. doubt. Justin Herbert looks like a MVP candidate for years to come. I see at least one or two in his future. And I also see a ring in their future, especially with the way Mike Williams is playing, Austin Eckler. And then, of course, they got Keenan Allen. He's always going to be a stud. Um, and that helps Mike Williams get up. And uh, Baker Mayfield, for once, didn't look bad. He's normally the Browns' weak point, in my opinion. Um, you can comment on that here. But I think the uh, the run game, obviously, is always their strong point. But Baker Mayfield, I mean, he threw for, like th- I think, 305 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, you can't complain with that. No turnovers there. Yeah, um, no, not at all. I mean, come on. Like, Baker, like you said, I mean, he's probably their, their weakest point. Uh, in terms of that offense and for him to come out and throw for over 300 and have two touchdowns. I mean, that's really all you can ask for at the quarterback slot. Yeah. Especially putting that torn labrum uh, issue to rest there. Everyone was worrying about, I mean, it's in his left arm, so it shouldn't cause too much issue moving forward, but that would be something to monitor. The Cowboys took care of the giants uh, 44 to 20. That game was a lot closer than when Danny Dimes was in the game. Uh, he looked good this year so far. I mean, he was their weak point for the past couple of years, but he's turned it around. So if they can get, you know, their players to stop getting injured, and if they can get them some protection, I think they should be good um, moving forward. Not great, but serviceable. And then the Cowboys just look really good on offense like they have all year. I mean, they put up 38 against – 36 or 38 against a really good Panthers defense last week, and then to put up 44 against the Giants, they seem to have it rolling. Yeah, the Cowboys will always have it figured out, I feel like, in my opinion, with uh, Dak and Zeke going as a combo. I mean, I just haven't seen them have a bad year really together. Uh, when they're both at their, you know, full strength. So, like you said, that Cowboys offense is just rolling. And as far as the Giants, talking about fantasy value, I mean, there's a lot of value in Booker. Saquon down um, and Danny Dimes down. Booker's going to be looked at to uh, to handle the, the, you know, the workload as a running, uh, as a rusher and as a receiver. Um, so, there, there could be some value there. Yeah, that definitely could be a waiver wire target or if you got him picked up. He definitely could hold some value moving forward. And then, I mean, we already touched on the Cardinals Niners. We touched on the Bills Chiefs, and we touched on the Ravens Colts. So now we're going to get into some fantasy football player opinions. Uh, I'm going to start. Um, I'm going to name you some players. Uh, you're going to tell me buy, sell, hold, or uh, and why you feel that way. And then if you have any that you want to fire back at me, obviously we can do that as well. So the first player I'm going to do, he's been a hot topic. Uh, he's been real good these last couple of weeks, though. Um, we're going to start with James Robinson. How do you feel about him? I love James Robinson. I'm going to hold James Robinson. Um, I believe in terms of what that Jaguars offense is uh, doing, is just establishing itself. Um, you know, chart going down for the year. Uh, you know, that's only going to up Robinson's target totals. Um, it's only going to help increase maybe his carry on because Chark would, you know, run for roughly two attempts per game. So that's just going to up, you know, just carry totals and just overall target. Um, so for me, I love James Robinson. I think that's a, that's a hold for sure. I agree. I wouldn't necessarily buy him unless you can get him for good value because his value has risen substantially. If you could have got him earlier in the year, that was definitely a steal. He looks good. Urban Meyer has got their offense rolling a little better, and he says that their goal is to rush and pass for 250 yards a game. Obviously, uh, that's unattainable to run for 250 yards a game. I don't know where he pulled that number from. Um, <laughs> but, he, I mean, they're getting the job done down there better than they were to begin with. Uh, so they look like they have some upside. Now, this next guy hasn't had much value all year, but they've also played a tough schedule. I was looking back at their schedule earlier, and they've had some tough games. How do you feel about Miles Gaskin? He was another hot topic with James Robinson last year. Now, Miles Gaskin, 
I'm going to say this first um, from my heart. Uh, he absolutely ruined me this week in fantasy football. So, uh, you know what? I'm not going to drop those the words I'm going to use. Um, I lost in fantasy this week by three points, and oh. he put on a spectacle. Um, and in previous weeks, he's not done much. So, for me... Where I'm at, buy, sell, hold on Gaskin, I think right now is probably the best time to sell. Um, His value is only on the rise. So following this week, who the Dolphins play, um, they have matched up the Jaguars. That's another point, high-value point game, possibly, for Miles Gaskin. Um, So with that being said, I think he's at a good point to sell. I think you got some value in him. Um, if you're a team looking for, you know, some flex options, notice I said options, plural. I think you could get two guys possibly for Miles Gaskin coming up in the near future here after a couple of these uh, these weeks he has of uh, consistent, you know, 18, 25 point outings. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad play. If you do need help elsewhere, I would consider selling him. But if you don't necessarily need to get rid of him, um, personally, I would hold him. They have a week schedule coming up. They have. The Jags this week, uh, they got the Jets here uh, in the near future twice. Um, and they got some other uh, lower-end teams. I mean, so far they've started – they've played the Bills, the Bucks, um, a bunch of good teams. So if they can – you know, if he can get you some more points here in the coming weeks, um, then I would definitely look at selling him. Say he puts up another 20, 25-point game this week. Agreed. Then you might want to look to get rid of him uh, for a more sustainable option moving forward because you never know what the Dolphins' offense. Um, they don't necessarily look explosive by any means. But moving on to a fantasy favorite this year, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about Cordero Patterson. Yeah, baby. Oh, I know a lot about Patterson. I got him in all three of my leagues. Um, picked him up. Saw what he did in uh, week two in terms of just running and catching. And I, uh, you know, thanks to, you know, Hanson over there at Red Zone, he was just filling me in on uh, how many carries he's got and receptions. And uh, on that Sunday, I was like, all right, we're going to make the move for Patterson here come this week. And it was the best fantasy move I've made all year. Um, I've picked him up. I've started him the past couple weeks. He's done nothing but just fantastic things out of my flex spot. Um, right now, in terms of where he's at by hold to sell, I'm holding all the way with what the Falcons have in terms of their injuries. Um, I think his usage is just going to stay the same currently. So for that, I mean, out of the flex spot, he's been given up. I mean, he's been given about 18 to 25 a week. Uh, you know, if you're using ESPN PPR. For that, I, I, I just don't see the reason to buy I mean to buy him or sell him. Um, it's gonna be tough to get him based on the value. And from that, I just don't know if it's worth uh, worth trading some top guns for someone who's just you know been doing really well for the past few weeks and let's see if he's got to keep you know gonna keep it going. Yeah, I agree. He's been a journeyman his whole career um, but, so I don't think you're necessarily – if you're looking to buy him, you're most likely going to have to overpay for him. Exactly. And, if you're, and if you're looking to sell him, I would only sell him if you absolutely need help at some other position. I mean, he has dual eligibility, so I'm not really sure where you would need much help. Um, I would hold him because if you're buying him, you're going to be overpaying for him. And if you're selling him, um, I just – I wouldn't even consider that option. 
I would hold him, especially with the injuries to Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley. I think he's going to continue to eat up this target share. I mean, and they're using him rushing just as much as they are Mike Davis, who is someone who I thought would be decent going into the season, but Cordero's taken over that. Now, I have another favorite of yours up next. Oh, I love How this. How do you feel about DeAndre Hopkins? I know he has struggled <laughs> early, but this week he looked better. He looked better this week. What do you think about DeAndre Hopkins? Ill-minded Hopkins is as good as it gets at that receiver position. Um, in terms of route running, where he is on offense, who he has at quarterback, and just the overall like aspect of having him on the team, um, he's the real deal. He's the real deal. Uh, D-Hop, to me, is a top three fantasy wide receiver. I know that might sound crazy. Um with guys like DJ Moore having unbelievable year. Uh, obviously, you know, you have other guys popping out and CD Lamb. But for me personally, I think uh, D-Hop, D-Hop's the real deal. I think he, um, in that offense, is just a perfect uh, perfect match. What do you think? What, 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 what's your take on D-Hop, Jerem? I know you, uh, you probably have – you might have mixed feelings because I'm as biased as it gets towards him. Um, no, I actually kind of agree with you. Um, what I would be looking to do for D-Hop, I would be looking to buy him if you need help oh. at the wide receiver position. Um, his value, yes, he had a good week this week. But prior to that, his value shouldn't be too high. It shouldn't be as high as it was coming into the season. If you have an abundance of running backs or say you have – three wide receivers and you only need two, I would look to try and get a package for D hop because eventually teams are going to start catching on to more and they're going to start covering him more, leaving D hop open for a larger target share, kind of what he saw last year. Do I think he's going to reach the same target shares last year? No. Um, but I think he will provide the value he provided this week moving forward. So if you're looking to buy a wide receiver, D hop would be one of my first options. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I agree. And then moving on to another Cardinal, how do we feel about James Conner? Okay. All right. Um, I'm in the air on this one in terms of what I would do if I own James Conner and then what I would do if I'm trying to get him. I I don't see I'm, – I'm torn. I'm torn. Um, I think Chase Edmonds – is great out of the backfield in terms of what he brings to the receiving game. And he's been running pretty well this year, but we know what James Conner can do. He's proven it. Uh, You know what? I I think I'd buy him. I think I'm buying James Conner. I don't know what I'm getting him for, but if it's anything of plus plus value, no way. But for someone that has the potential to possibly – be that goal line runner for the Cardinals consistently with them being the top team in the NFL. I'm torn to what I would do with James Conner, but I, I think I, I might buy him. I might buy him. Don't, don't I'm not sold, but I might buy him. Yeah. My opinion is if you need immediate help, say these next four weeks, say you're one and five yeah. or one and four, oh and five, two and three, you got to make some drastic changes. James Conner might be a guy you can target to get you some wins here in the coming weeks. But if you have James Conner and your team is doing well, personally, I'd be looking to sell him. There's something about uh, Chase Edmonds in the second half of the season. That's when he always seems to start racking up these fantasy points. So, I mean, James Conner, very touchdown dependent currently. Yeah, he's getting at least one a week. But, I mean, they have Kyler Murray. Eventually, he's going to start stealing a lot of those, in my opinion. I personally would be looking to sell him. 
um, if you're an owner and you think you can get good value for him. But now we're going to kind of move on to a crapshoot here. I want to know what you think about the tight end position in general, if there's any players you think people should be targeting, if there's any tight ends you think people should be getting rid of, just your general thoughts on that position as a whole. Yeah, I mean, the tight end position is tricky this year. I mean, Kelsey's finding himself, you know, still ranking at the top. Um, I think he had 17 this week, even after just, you know, a low low amount of receptions. He snuck in that little shovel pass touchdown that I could have ran in, um, if we're being honest here. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, besides that, Hawkinson came out strong this year. He's starting to fizzle out with that Lions offense a little bit. I mean, maybe he comes back around. For me personally, I love Mark Andrews and that Baltimore offense. I mean, watching it last night, he was just everywhere and anywhere. I mean, that guy runs like a gazelle. He looked outstanding in route running yesterday. Um, And then when it came down to goal line, who were they going to? It was him. I mean, he was... He was everywhere and anywhere. I think he was even scoring both two-point conversions. So yes, just, he did. Yeah, like, come on. This guy is just the number one guy for Lamar's safety blanket. So, I mean, with that being said, I, I'm really sold on Mark Andrews. If you have the ability to acquire him, I would. Um, if you have him on your team, I would not sell. I think he's going to end up being the top two, top three fantasy tight end But when it's all said and done at the end of the year based on what Kelsey does and Mahomes in that offense. But for me, I'm sold on Mark Andrews. Um, there's a few guys that, that surprised me this year. Let me know what your take is on it. Robert Tunya. I really thought he was going to do something this year with that Packers offense. And I yeah. got him and he's my, he's my secondary guy granted. So I'm not complaining because, you know, he's not really seeing much burn on my team, but I'm watching what he's producing. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just disappointed. Not what I expected. Yeah, no, I agree. All the reports coming out of training camp are that him and Rodgers, their connection looks unstoppable. I was like, all right, well, I'm always a huge Aaron Rodgers guy. So I was like, yeah, I'll take Tunyon uh, as a as a backup in a couple leagues. And he hasn't produced. I don't – yeah, I don't think he's going to have much value unless they change their offensive scheme moving forward. Mark Andrews, though, like you said, I think he's going to be good. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily buy him this week, but if he has a down week next week, I would definitely be looking to acquire him because he's going to be good. I mean, but his value could go up. So that's kind of up to uh, user discretion, you know, whether you think you should get him now, but he's definitely something I would consider targeting. Um, Travis Kelsey, he's been up and down kind of because of the whole Chiefs offense has been up and down. Uh, same with Darren Waller, uh, but he should, yeah. I mean, he, he eats up the target share. He's going to be good moving forward. It's just about when they put up points, Darren Waller's going to put up points and that's what you okay. got to accept when they do bad. He's going to do bad when they do good. He's going to do good. Um, but my favorite tight end, if you're playing the old tight end roulette, as they call it with uh, all these low end tight ends, Dawson Knox. Oh yeah. He may only get three targets a week, but they're all coming from the 10 yard line. And they're all going in the end zone. He, I mean, he's like the James Conner of tight ends. And you can take that in a tight end because your tight ends, I mean, there's weeks they're going to get you two points. So, I mean, I'd rather take Dawson Knox or he can get you a touchdown or two a week and get you 10 plus. So he's kind of one of my favorite flyers here at the tight end position, um, especially with the way the bills have looking. And he ended the season strong last year. I don't know how many people noticed that, but in the playoffs and towards the end of the season, that was Josh Allen's guy in the red zone. 
Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It really was. Dawson Knox is the real deal. He really is. He's a little safety blanket for J.A. down in the red zone. I mean, with everybody crossing in terms of Sanders, Diggs, playing the slot when it comes down to inside the 10, and as a defense, you're kind of just, you know, focused on those two guys. You got Dawson Knox sleeping in behind. And like you said, he's the real deal when they get down in that red zone. Yep. And then just talking about Mark Andrews reminded me of another player I'd like to hear your thoughts on. Personally, um, I'll I'll give my opinion first. We're going to talk about Hollywood Brown. Ooh. Um, personally, I if you can get him um, for less than his current value, I would be buying him in a heartbeat. He's finally having that breakout year. Lamar is finally no longer being the running back, as they like to call him, and he's being a quarterback. Um, he's slinging the ball 400 yards last night. Hollywood Brown is just burning people over the top, looking like Mr. Antonio Brown, looking good there. That's a player, <laughs> if you need wide receiver help and you can get him for decent value, I would 150% be targeting Hollywood Brown moving forward. Yeah, Hollywood Brown is number one on my list in terms of value to get for – I think, honestly, you could get him for – um you know, nothing too crazy at the moment. I think his value is only on the rise. I think everybody's still tied to him dropping passes, which is kind of crazy. I know my one league, my one friend um, refuses to, you know, do this trade with Hollywood Brown uh, being involved because he considers him a dropper. I mean, that's just absolutely outrageous. If anyone saw the touchdown catch, kind of um, full out extended his body. He is the real deal. Number five is, I think on the rise. Um, like you said, if you have the ability to get him, I would absolutely do everything possible to get him. Um, let's the Ravens coming up, uh, their schedule. I mean, who do they have? They have the chargers bangles. I mean, these could be big weeks for Hollywood Brown. Uh, so like you said, Jeremiah, I agree. We got to get him. Got to get him. All right. Perfect. And that's going to round out our fantasy player recap for the week. Moving forward, if there's any players that anyone wants us to target or talk about, you know, just let us know, um, and we can definitely do that. Um, reach out to us on social media. We will have social media accounts up today at A Gambler's Fantasy on both Instagram and Twitter, so you can find us there. Um, we also will be giving out um, gambling and fantasy advice there as well. But moving on to the week six lines. We're just going to go, go through every game. You don't have to give me a pick every game. I'm just going to give some for the games that I think I see value in now. And then obviously as more lines come out, you know, player props, things of that nature, we'll get back into that later in the week. But just looking at the standard spreads now, this is typically when you get the most value on them. I mean, before everyone starts looking at them on Thursday and starts hammering the lines left and right um, and the lines start moving. Now's the time. If you think you have a good bet, now's the time to get in. So we're going to start with the Thursday game. Uh, Eagles Bucks. Um, let me know if you have any thoughts on that. The Bucks are currently seven point favorites, um, and the total is at 51 and a half. So I don't know if you have any leans on either side there, but I know I do. Yeah, let me hear your side on that. I mean, Bucks Eagles, you know, when they say a trap game, oh, yeah, oh, I think this is one of those. Either trap games or absolutely, Dylan, you are the wrongest person on the planet, which is pretty common um, in terms of sports betting for me on a given Sunday. But uh, I could see this being a little bit of a trap game. I really could. Well, good news. This game's on a Thursday, so maybe that'll that'll get you before the bad luck. But um, this is true. 
I, I'm all over the Bucks minus seven. Their offense looks unstoppable. Yeah, their defense hasn't looked great because they've had, you know, they've had some secondary injuries. Um, but I mean, their offense is so explosive. The Eagles have been inconsistent on, on offense. Their defense has looked good, but I don't care how good your defense looks when you're playing the Bucks. To be honest, I mean, their offense is always going to be better than your defense, unless you're necess- unless you're the Rams. In my opinion, they have an unbelievable defense. But I'm all over the Bucks minus seven. I think that's one of the best bets for now of the week. I would definitely look into that um, if you're interested in getting in some Thursday night action. That's my take on the game. I like that. I mean, yeah, the Bucks Bucks offense is showing up each each and every week. They're blowing teams out left and right. And like you said, the Eagles defense is good, but it's not better than that offense. I mean, you might have swayed my decision here, Jerem, but I just see I just see the Eagles doing a little sneak job, a little Philly fucking little Philly magic and I'm just a little not backdoor cover. It. Yeah, I'm not ready for it. I'm not okay. ready. Okay. Okay, we're going to move on to the uh, 9.30 London Toilet Bowl. We got, <laughs> we got the Miami Dolphins versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Currently, How do they put this game together? I don't know. They we First, we send the Jets and the Falcons over there, and then we send the Dolphins and <laughs> Jaguars. These people aren't going to want to watch American football ever again. The Queen got the goddamn Jets. Are we fucking serious over here? I know. This is ridiculous. Uh, but – Okay, so the Dolphins, three-and-a-half-point favorites, minus 186 on the money line, and the total is currently at 47 flats, no half points there. Um, I don't necessarily have a great pick in this game, but if you do want to get in on some 930 action, you know, maybe you got those 8 a.m. mimosas flowing. Um, <laughs> I would be on – I'd be on the Jags' money line. Their offense has looked better than the Dolphins in the past weeks. I think they're due for a win. I really do think they're due for a win. Do I think they're going to be any good this year? No, they might get three wins, but I think this will be one of the three. Uh, I don't know how you feel. I mean, obviously you can choose to stay away from this game, but I'll probably end up just sprinkling, sprinkling everyone. Listen to that sprinkling. We're not going heavy here. Uh, Jaguars money line. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you have sprinkles, what do you usually put it on? You usually put it on a nice what germ? A parlay or an underdog. Yeah. Um, but for me, I usually put sprinkles on my ice cream. And what's my ice cream? <laughs> oh, God. My main event, baby. <laughs> I've got fucking Jags money line. Slam it as hard as you fucking can. <laughs> you want to talk about games? This is one of three. Yeah, this is one of one. I think the Jags don't win many games this year at all. But is this one of them that they're going to win? This is a slam dunk of a parlay. I mean, you want to throw it in a parlay? Yeah, but slam dunk of a money line. I mean, they're plus money. You got Trevor Lawrence gunslinging the hoe. And you got fucking James Robinson looking like 2009 Adrian Peterson. I don't know where I'm getting that in terms of what I'm going to take and how much value I'm going to put in. But I'm going to tell you I'm slamming Jaguars money line. Heavy. Okay, and a line that I'll be looking at later in the week, folks, on the next episode would be a Gaskin prop. He yes. has looked good. They can finally get him involved because they won't be down 20 points at halftime. This so is true. He'll, he'll be able to get involved. So that's definitely something to keep an eye out uh, here as we move on later in the week. Um, and our next game is a game that I personally will not be touching. Um, it is the Texans and the Colts. Yeah. Um, unless I were to get it in a teaser somewhere, but the Colts are currently nine and a half point favorites, minus four twenty on the money line. Hell yeah! And the over under, <laughs> the over under is set at forty two and a half. 
Yeah. Um, I'm agreeing with you completely on this one, man. This is, this is, you know, poke it with a stick, maybe. I mean, you just stay as far away as you could from this game if you, if you can, if you can. If you have an addiction, and I understand, I mean, you know, everyone goes through it, but I would do my best to stay away from this game. Yes. I don't see many, much value at all. Um, Maybe a player prop or two. Maybe maybe a Jonathan Taylor over and rushing because I think he's going to tear up that Texans defense. Maybe a little prop two in his over and receiving. Other than that, I don't know if I'm touching this game at all. Yep. Okay, our next game is one of my best bets of the <laughs> at the current moment. We got Packers, Bears. Packers are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Minus 215 on the money line. Over-under is set at 45. I'm taking the Packers minus four-and-a-half. Let me give you some stats here, folks. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, 18-5 and five against the Bears in the regular season. The, one of those games that he lost, he went out on the first drive with a broken collarbone. So we're going to mark it down as a no contest. 18 and four against the Bears. He has thrown 47 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. And this Bears team is not nearly as good as the Bears teams of the past that he's been playing for the last 10 years. Yeah, Justin Fields may be a decent quarterback here moving forward. But I the Bears aren't the Bears aren't touching the Packers minus four and a half, and I will be taking that one straight to the bag. Yeah, that's a – I couldn't have seen a freer um, bet in terms of Packers spread. This Bears team, let's just be honest. I mean, they're without Montgomery. Uh, granted, Williams is a good replacement. He had a good, you know, good solid week this past Sunday. But he's not no David Montgomery. I mean, Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, they've been having some connection. Yeah, that's great and all, but that Packers team is just too good, man. I mean, Devontae Adams is a top two, three wide receiver in football. Aaron Jones looks fantastic. Um, and then, you know, you're talking about discount double check, Aaron Rodgers. Like you said, 47 to 10. I mean, he's going to pick apart that Bears defense. That that spread's going to be a hammer job and a half. Um and maybe some player props in there too, though. Definitely, uh, yeah. You know. I would definitely get in that one. I'm gonna guess by Sunday it might be up to six and a half. I mean, Justin Fields currently dealing with a lingering in uh, injury. We don't know if they'll have him or Andy Dalton behind center. They they say it's leaning towards Justin Fields playing, but you never know, especially with a rookie quarterback. You know, your potential franchise player. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily send him out there to get clobbered on an injury. That doesn't really make sense from a coaching standpoint. Um, so yeah, I'm glad we're in agreement there. Packers minus four and a half. Get it now. Get it early before get it, it starts. Get moving. it now. Next game, another one that I'm all over. <laughs> yes. One another one p.m. window where we got Chiefs versus the football team. The Chiefs football. coming in at minus seven. No half point there. So clean touchdown spread. Minus three fifty on the money line. And the total is at 55 and a half. I'm taking the Chiefs minus seven. They haven't looked good this year, but they need a bounce back game. They they're due for one. The last time they needed a bounce back game was against the Eagles, and they took care of them. 
And I think they're going to take care of another NFC East team here in the Washington football team. Give me them minus seven Washington football team. Like we said, their defense has looked bad. And if they don't blitz Patrick Mahomes and they leave their secondary out to dry there with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and all of a sudden Byron Pringle out of nowhere, um, they're going to get torched. Yeah, another one I'm agreeing with you completely on. I think Chiefs have the bounce back game, and it couldn't really be against be against the better team. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. The Washington Football Team's defense has looked lackadaisical this year, and I mean that Chiefs offense. Sure, you know, say what you want. Patrick Mahomes missing some throws, but let's be honest, the guy is as fucking good as it gets, baby. So when in terms of what he's who's going to show up on Sunday, um. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, man. They're, they're going to blow out the Washington football team, in my opinion. I think they beat them by at least, a, you know, a 10-point window. Um, so, yeah, we'll see on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Yeah, that might even be – I mean, come Sunday, if I do well on the, foot, on the Thursday game, that might be something I, spring, I sprinkle a little alternate spread, you know, maybe minus 9.5, 13.5 if I'm really feeling crazy, you know, just put a little on there just in case they do cover substantially, get a little added bonus there. I love but, it. But the next game, I'm not going to be touching. But I know you were talking about the Vikings, so you might have some input here. Um, we have the Vikings-Panthers. The Vikings are only one-and-a-half-point favorites. They are only minus 116 on the money line. And the total for the game is set at 46-and-a-half. I talked about the Vikings earlier. I like the Vikings. But I like the Panthers. I think CMC's back this week. I mean, in terms of offensive production, he's obviously going to go right back to the old CMC and get that most of that workload. Um, that Panthers offense looked dynamite when CMC was healthy and going. Uh, I don't know what I would choose here. Um, I think I might stay away from this game. But if I had to think about a bet I would take, I might look at the over. I think I think I would look at the over. I think this could be like a Vikings-Cardinals game that surprises many. Um, two, two, uh, two teams going at it and a little bit of a high-scoring game. I, I, I'd look at the over. I'd look at the over if I'm a sportsman betting, which I am. And uh, so I'm definitely going to take a look at that over now. I agree. If there was a line in that game I had to take, that would be the line I would take. Because although the Panthers defense has looked phenomenal, um, I do think the Vikings have the weapons to put up points. And if CMC's back, the Panthers obviously have the weapons to put up points as well. So that's definitely a good a good choice there if you are looking to make a pick on that game. Now, another game could be game of the week. We got two good young quarterbacks, two electric offenses. We got the Los Angeles Chargers against the Baltimore Ravens. Now we have the Ravens here at three point favorites. They wow. are minus four on the money line, and that total is at 51 and a half currently. How do we feel about those lines? Wow. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the Chargers might pull this off money line. I really do. The Ravens have been playing some fraudulent football. I mean, last night they had a great comeback, come from behind win. I mean, before that, they should have lost to the defeated Lions. Um, I mean, Jay Tuck hit that 66-yarder. I mean, that was ridiculous to begin with. So, with that being said, I I might look at the value here. 
and think about the Chargers' money line. I mean, we know what that offense is capable out there in L.A. with Eckler, Williams, Allen, and, you know, old man Cook coming out of nowhere. Like, we got too many cooks in the kitchen over here, and he's doing this and that. And Herbert looks fantastic. So I'd, I'd look at the Chargers' money line. Um, I might take it. I might take it. You let me, what, What's your thoughts, Jim? Let me hear yeah, no, I agree with that pick. I think, obviously, this game could go either way. They both are very talented rosters. But my thought process is, uh, so for offensively, for the Ravens, they rely on Lamar, Mark Andrews, and Hollywood Brown currently. The Chargers have some very good secondary pieces this year uh, that I think are going to take Hollywood Brown out of the equation, which kind of just leaves Lamar and Mark Andrews. And, yeah, we've seen Lamar win games by himself, obviously, before in the past. But I don't think that necessarily works against a Chargers team that has, like you said, Herbert, electric, Eckler, who's electric, Keenan Allen, and then the resurgence of Mike Williams. The guy cuts his hair, and now he's the best wide receiver in the league. <laughs> I, I think I would have to go Chargers money line. You're getting some plus money value there. I mean, and so far throughout the season, they, if, they've looked like the better team. So, I mean, to get who looks like the better team at plus money, that would definitely be the play for that game if I had to take one. Now – the next game is one I might be all over again. Uh, <laughs> depends on Joe Burrow. He is supposed to be back. They said he looks fine. Throat contusion. I'm not even really sure what that means. I really have no idea what that means. I've never heard that injury. I've what, never seen What was the injury? injury? Throat contusion. <laughs> uh, yeah, someone karate chopped him in the throat or something. I don't throat know. contusion. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you deal with a lot of that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the Bengals, <laughs> the Bengals are currently three and a half point favorites. They are minus one eighty eight on the money line, and they are the total is at over forty seven and a half. Now, personally, myself, if I'm taking a spread bet, I'm not taking it at three and a half. I'm going to buy the half point down to three, or buy a full point down to two and a half. Um, but I think your best bet here, yeah, it's not you know it's not the best value of all time. But um, minus 188 on the money line. We've seen the Lions lose these heartbreakers by one, two points. And I, I think that theme could continue. So, I mean, I'm going to – I'll be over the Bengals' money line. Not the best value in the world, but I do think that they have way more weapons than the Lions and that they can pull this game out. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a slam dunk. This is, if I am had to be Stu Finer, the game of my life. I mean – I think Cincinnati money line is, like you said, if Joe Burrow's healthy and on Sunday under center, Bengals money line, that's my pick of the week. Um, I take Bengals spread minus two and a half. I would take Bengals spread minus three. Take Bengals spread minus three and a half. Fuck, I take Bengals spread all the way up to minus six and a half. They're going to beat the Lions by at least a touchdown. Lions are playing really good football. I mean, their head coach is crying for them. That's all cute and all, but uh, let's be honest. Football, baby is for the guys that put their fucking crowns down and get to the fucking work. And the Bengals do so every week. Um, Joe Burrow is giving up his life looking like Paul Crew in fucking Longest Yard. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that being said, I got uh, I got Bengals spread, money line. Um, I, think, I think they – this is a route. This is a route. Okay, I like that. That makes me more confident. I do like that. Now, another game, next game up. Rounding out the 1 p.m. window, we have the L.A. Rams versus the New York Giants. The Rams are currently 
10 and a half point favorites, minus wow. 550 on the money line. So you're probably not touching that unless you're going to no. a parlay somewhere. Yeah. And then the total is at 47 and a half. Now, personally, I do think Danny Dimes is look good, but we don't know if he's going to play. He looked really beat up um, on that concussion um, on Sunday. You know, you hate to see that as just a football fan in general, see someone turning their career around and then go down with an injury like that. But the Rams, you know, they, they're as good as it gets. They're a top three team in football. Yeah, they lost to the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are undefeated. And the Rams beat the Bucs, who have looked unstoppable. And they beat the Seahawks. They've played nothing but good teams so far. And for them to get the Giants, their first easy test of the year, I think this could be a smackdown. I don't like 10 and a half because that's where they trap you. So I'm yep. going to buy the point down, and I'm going to go Rams minus nine and a half. Regardless of Danny Dimes or Mike Lennon playing, although if Mike Lennon's in there, it might as well you might as well lock it up and just call call the bank now and tell him to run you your money. <laughs> might as well tell the bookie, hey, let's get it going. Or if you know if you're in a legal state like myself, you know I wouldn't know anything about a bookie. But um, <laughs> for me, <laughs> for me, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, like you said, unless you're just sprinkling it into a little parlay, a little Rams money line just to juice it up a little bit. I don't I don't see a reason to bet this game unless you're buying down, like you said, trapping. Um, but for me, I'm going to stay away from this game unless I got to, you know, throw it into a little parlay, juice it up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And when the line, uh, I'm going to double check to see if it's out now, but the Giants team total should be somewhere at uh... – Oh, my goodness. It's at 17 and a half, folks. We <laughs> are taking the under on that team total. Put that in there. The Giants, even if they have Danny Dimes, the Rams defense has been unbelievable. And for the Giants to come out there and put up 18 points is not going to happen. That's that's two touchdowns and, and two field goals for them to get over that 17 and a half or three touchdowns, and they're most certainly not getting that. So mm-hmm. I will be taking the under on the Giants team total as well. I don't know how you feel about that one. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, that Giants offense now has got no Saquon, no Kenny Galladay possibly this week. They're running Kadarius Tony, who thinks he's at, fun, you know, Saturday night fight night. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, in terms of what they have for offense, I mean, we love that energy from Tony, but if that's our, you know, guy going forward, I, we got brick hands, Evan Ingram. I mean, they're, they're, they're not, they're not scoring 10 points on Sunday. Talk about perennial fantasy football disappointments. Evan Ingram might top the list. I've been hearing since he came into the league, how he's going to be this top five fantasy tight end. And he's about bottom five every year of starting tight ends. So he is just, I'm completely sold on him. Get him out of the league. He's bad. Yeah. That might be the bust of the, uh, the bust of the giants. If we're really talking about bust. Yeah, I agree. And then, okay. Now we're moving on to the 4 PM window. Um, We have a good, another really good game here. We have, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals versus Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Now, here's where it gets crazy. The Browns are the three-point favorites. They are minus 152 on the money line. Wow. And the total is set at 49 and a half. I'm going to let you tell me how you feel about that first because I know you're high on the Cardinals. I'm high on the Cardinals, one, um, two. I do like that over a lot. Browns put up a lot of points as do the Cardinals. Um, so for that, I'm 100% taking the over at 49 and a half. I'm slamming that. 
as far as the game goes, I'd go Cardinals money line. Uh, if we're getting plus value for a team that's, I mean, looked, you know, possibly the best all year. I mean, they're an undefeated team in the NFL. So we're getting plus value for a team that's the only one that's undefeated. I mean, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Okay. Yeah, I think that's – I mean, I don't have any complaints with that. I do like the overpick. I could definitely see that being in play. But I said this last week on the uh, about the Browns in a different podcast. Um, if anyone's looking for more content, Post 20 podcast. I do go on there once a week to talk some fantasy football as well. But um, I think if the Browns can slow the game down with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, mm. like they wanted to do last week but they didn't really get a chance – and they play their breed of football rather than playing the Cardinals' breed of football. I think the Browns can win this game. Um, so if I had to bet on it, I mean, it is going to be one of the games of the day, so I'll probably end up betting on it. But I would go with the Browns minus three just because I do think the Cardinals are due for a faltering here eventually. I This game's obviously a close one. It's going to go either way. Um, but I mean, I'm going to go Browns minus three, which will probably cost me money, but that's okay. Um, that's no, no, I, feel. I mean, it's not a bad bet by any means. No, I mean, I think no matter what, no matter what you take in this game, I yeah. mean, you're kind it's kind of a toss up, you know, what you're getting with both teams at this point in the season. They're both good football teams. It could go either way. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. I, I, no, I don't see, I don't see that being a bad play. I don't see any bad plays in that game. Really. I mean, I, it, you know, it's based on opinion and going either way and both teams stack up pretty well against each other. So it'll be an interesting game. That's yep. for sure. Okay. Next game starting at four twenty-five, We have your Denver Broncos as three and a half point favorites against the distraught Las Vegas Raiders. So like I said, Broncos minus three and a half. Minus 184 on the money line, and the total is at 44 and a half. What do we think there? <laughs> I'm slamming the under on that total. Heavy. Heavy. Oh. Um, yeah, we're playing in, you know, mile high, so everybody's probably going to be the highest they can be. Um, one. And second... In terms of what that game brings, we're fresh off the Gruden news. I mean, everybody knew this guy kind of was an asshole. If you've ever watched Keyshawn Johnson, he talks about how he was already abused by Gruden and had no idea why this guy even still had a job. But that's neither here nor, you know, here, there, the uh, <laughs> neither here, there, or here. Neither here nor there. Neither here or there. Wow. There we go. And um, with that being said, I mean, I, I slam the under here. I don't want to bet any team money line because I don't know. But I'm expecting a low-scoring football game. That's for damn sure. Okay. Okay. I was considering the over, but I wasn't strong. Really? Enough, so I'm going to leave that out of the equation. But what I do like, the Raiders money line, they get rid of John Gruden. They were clearly distraught last week, so there must have been talks inside the team already about the whole John Gruden incident and how he was going to be gone because they seem to like not be focused at all going into that game. Um, but they need to win now um, after dropping a bad one to the Bears there. The Broncos, they're a formidable team. Don't get me wrong, they're good. Uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's doing what he's done for years, and the rest of their team doesn't look too bad. But I'm going to go with the Raiders just because I do think they have more talent. Um, 
on the offensive side of the ball. Both teams have good talent on the defensive side of the ball. But with all the Broncos' offensive injuries, I just think the Raiders have more firepower there. So I'm going to take the Raiders' money line um, plus value there. You're going to get plus 154, and I think that's good value. Yeah, I mean, at plus 154, that's – uh you know, I granted it is my team, but, uh, you know, plus odds for the Raiders who came out strong to start the year. I mean, it's definitely not bad, uh, bad odds there. Yeah, they got a couple of good wins so far, so I don't see that. Yeah. I mean, I don't see them having too much of a struggle against the Broncos. But the final game of the 425 window with an interesting, interesting line, in my opinion, we have the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys versus the New England Patriots led by Bill Belichick, who is somehow still leading them to victories. I don't understand how he's doing it, but the Cowboys are minus four, um, minus 200 on the money line. And the total is at 50 and a half. Do you have any plays here? I have Cowboys spread. um, No doubt. Cowboys cover Um, that Patriots team. On offense, I'm not sold. I'm not sold. Bill Belichick is still winning football games because the guy just gets it done with his cutoff sweatshirt. Uh, He just figures it out year in, year out. But in terms of what I see out of that Cowboys offense, it's just too much. They have so many weapons. Um, Their offensive line stacks up against anybody. Uh, I'm I'm really sold on Cowboys this year as coming out dominating the nfc east um so with that being said i'm i'm sold on cowboys to cover here uh i might buy down the half point because i hate half points i guess no it's only four it's four straight four oh four straight that's yeah I'm, i'm taking cowboys spread there yeah i'm gonna keep it simple give me cowboys minus four patriots have looked serviceable but not great cowboys have looked good so give me the cowboys minus four that one's pretty straightforward for me Okay, the uh, the Sunday night late window, 8.20 start. We have Seahawks with an injury-riddled team. Geno Smith leading the charge. Who knows if Chris Carson will be back. There are reports that neck injury could be serious, but we won't find out more, I'm sure, until this weekend. Um, versus the Pittsburgh Steelers with an 85-year-old Ben Roethlisberger leading the helm. Um, the Steelers are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Wow. They are minus 220 on the money line. And the total is set at 42 and a half. How do we feel about that? I hate watching Ben Roethlisberger play football at this point in my life. Me too. Um, It's like watching someone who's decrepit and uh, can't move anymore. Um, I'm really not sold on just Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I think Jeremy Sabathney of flag football 2019 is possibly not just a better quarterback, but a better overall player than Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> um, that guy is washed up. Granted, the Seahawks, like you said, they're just they're just battling so many injuries. Um, they have weapons on the outside, Lockett and Metcalf. You know, those two speak for themselves. Homer is pretty good in terms of just being a replacement, um, but uh, you know, Chris Carson. Like you said, if he's back this week, that could help out big time. You might see a line change there if he's back. But right now what they got going with Alex Collins and Geno Smith as, you know, your two guys when you're looking at the TV screen, I just don't know, man. I just don't know. Um, so with that being said, I think I'm staying away from this game. I'm scared of it. 
I'm scared. Yep. I don't necessarily like the game either. But looking up, looking at these lines, if I had to take something, mm. I'd probably get a little same game parlay going. I would do the Steelers right. money line, but then I would take under. I would probably move it up like ten points, go under fifty-two and a half, because then you'll move the money lines minus two twenty. You'll move that down probably around the one seventy, one fifty area. And I think that's a safe bet. I don't think these teams put up 53 points. I mean, how many points can Geno Smith and Alex Collins really get you here? Um, but the Steelers <laughs> have enough weapons. I mean, Najee Harris is a grown-ass oh. back there. <laughs> yeah, Najee Harris is a behemoth of a human being. I actually uh, – I know one of his Eskimo brothers, um, <laughs> which is something, I mean, to be proud of. Uh, he's one of my good friends, so that was a – that was a big accomplishment for me when uh, I drafted Najee in my other league. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna stick with the Steelers and the uh, the under like fifty two and a half for me. And then rounding out our week six slate, we have possibly the hottest team in football, uh, Buffalo Bills. They lost yeah. week one, but since then they have not come anywhere close losing. And then we have the Tennessee Titans. The Bills are currently four-and-a-half-point favorites. The Titans are supposed to get Julio back this week. Who knows how much of a difference that will make. But, like I said, Bills, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Minus 235 on the money line. And the total is set at 53-and-a-half. How do we feel about that? Yeah, Bills spread here. Um, The Bills offensively and defensively are just too much for that Titans team to handle, I feel like. Um, Like you said, if Julio comes back, that's great and all, but... Buffalo's Buffalo's the real deal. I think I have them picked to win it all. Um, if I'm being honest with you, so for that being said, I, I got the Bills to cover here completely. Okay, I like that, and that's gonna. Uh, I mean, I'll probably, I'll probably end up going with the Bills to cover because I can't seem to stay away from the Monday Night Football games. Um, currently, <laughs> I have no recommended position, but I would. I mean, the Bills are the hottest team in football. The Titans have looked very up and down this season. I mean, Derrick Henry is always going to be Derrick Henry, though, and he could always win them the football game. But I do think the Bills are the better team there. Um, But for now, I'll stay away from it. But the Bills would be my choice if I had to pick one. Um, And then I guess now that we're moving through the lines, I was putting together a little teaser. I'll round us out with a little teaser here. I got seven-point teaser. We are going to take the Colts. so it's going to be a seven-point teaser here. We're going to take the Colts minus nine and a half, the Chiefs minus seven, Bucks minus seven, Rams minus ten and a half. You're going to move that seven points. You're going to get the Colts at minus two and a half, the Chiefs at an even zero, Bucks at an even zero, and the Rams at three and a half. That's going to give you plus one eighty odds, and that is my favorite teaser of these early lines moving forward. Yeah, I love that teaser play. Um, for me, I was giving you guys a little. Little sneak peek to the parlay of the week for me. This is going to be a one unit play for potentially, if you are one unit better, $100 would be $1,200. It's a plus $1,200 odd. It is going to be Cincinnati spread, Chargers money line, Jacksonville money line, and sprinkle in the Rams money line. Um, if you're $100 better again, that's going to be a plus $1,200 payout. I like that. I like that. Okay, folks, that's going to round out our early week recap and lines looking forward. We will be back later in the week with some player props, and we're going to talk about how the spreads have moved, you know, see if there's any better bets now once the spreads move and once players get activated or go down with injuries. And 
to wrap it up, remember, reach out to us on social media at A Gambler's Fantasy on both Instagram and Twitter. We will be releasing more picks and more information on there as the week goes out. And we hope to hear you tune in to the next segment. Thank you for joining, Dylan. And let's keep the fantasy rolling, huh? Jerem, let's fucking do it, baby. Great talking to you. I'm ready to do this again later in the week and get back to uh, everybody about the great sport of football and gambling itself. All right, Dylan, it was a pleasure. I will catch you on the next episode. Talk to you later, Jerem. Have a good one, man, and see you well. Yes, sir.